good to see everybody this morning. I think as summer rolls on, I think people are getting uh, more and more beautiful every Sunday as I look out and see everybody. So you're looking fantastic this morning. Maybe you're here for the first time or you're new to Elam and, and we just want to give you an incredible warm welcome. It's such a privilege to have you with us today. So come on church, can we make some noise for all our guests again this morning? Big round of applause. That is just fantastic. So. Well, I've had, a, had an amazing week, really, and quite a, you know, being busy, probably like most people, busy doing stuff, and there's lots of things happening, but, but I really felt challenged in my heart this week that, that to, bring, to bring a message or to, to start a conversation about 2020. Sorry to do that so early for you. 2020 is around the corner, and, and I really felt in my heart, I wanted to talk about some things and, and give you some thoughts and, and, and maybe a different perspective on 2020, because here's the thing, if you're like me, at times we can, we, we run up to Christmas and we think, wow, Christmas is coming and we have a fantastic time because we're looking for our holidays, and then we, then we kind of, kind of rolls in through New Year's and it rolls back and you're back to work and you, and you kind of wanted to be all refreshed and, and amazing this year and you're going back to work and you actually just feel just as tired as what you did in December. And, and so I really wanted to, to have a conversation this morning about a few things that, that may just, just help you. If, I kind of believe that if, if you take some of these things on board, and it, it helps to change our perspective that, that maybe we'll start living a, a new way or a fresh way in 2020. Maybe our eyes will be open to what God is, is saying or leading us into. Maybe we'll see more opportunities. Maybe we'll see differently at the, the obstacles or the things we are facing. Because I, I just think 2020 is your year. 2020 is, is my year. I, I'm believing that God is going to do some significant things in, in your life, in your families, in your, your, your marriages, in your, your homes, with, with your children. And, and I'm believing God is going to do some significant things for us as a church and in our spiritual walks and, and just in our life living for Him. I think 2020 is going to be a significant year for each one of us. And, and so the question I have for, for us this morning to start thinking about is, is simply just this, is what do you want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? And, and, and really the, the, the topic or the one word we're going to look at this morning is about what is it to be great? What does greatness look like? Because here's the thing, I think we're all the same at times and, and, and that we, we want to be great at something and there's, there's things in our life, maybe that's in our career or our business or maybe if you're into the political scene or, or teaching or education or, or wherever we are, we, we, we kind of want to be great. It's one of those things within inside of us that, that maybe wouldn't it be awesome, wouldn't it be great to have a building named after us? The Daryl Booth Mem not memorial, the Daryl Booth, <laughs> or, or, or to, have a, to have an award that's named after you in recognition for, for some great thing that you have done. And, and, and I think there's something inside of us that, that about greatness, the fame and the fortune that comes with being great. Or uh, you, I heard this the other day, it's like everybody wants to be a goat, the greatest of all times, a goat. That's what you want to be. You want to be known to be the greatest of, so if you didn't get that, G for great, at, oh, sorry, go goat, at, 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 to be the greatest at something. And, and the Bible really gives us a, a huge amount of, of information, of, of stories, and of what Jesus was saying to a couple of his disciples that said, we want to be great in your kingdom. 
And, and he kind of has this, this discussion that we're going to look into this morning that, that kind of turns it upside down. And, and I really kind of feel that this morning. Come on, come on let, let's have our ears open. Let's take away a one thing this morning. Let, let God speak to your heart, even right now, just in your mind. Say, God, I want you to speak to me this morning. And, uh, that he will, because here's the thing, we, we believe we want to say things here on Sunday to help you on Monday, tomorrow. I want you to walk out of here being totally changed to meet with God and to have something in your heart that's going to help you tomorrow. Welcome to church, everybody. Fantastic. Muhammad Ali, he, he was an incredible boxer. And maybe if uh, back in the day, he, he, he was a, a boxer, uh, an American boxer that was, they, they say was the greatest of all time in boxing. And he used to say things like, uh, to sting like, I better read this one because I've just forgotten that. Muhammad Ali said he used to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. He, he said some things like this. He said, it's hard to be humble when you're as great as I am. He, in an interview, Muhammad Ali said this, I'm not the greatest. I'm the double greatest. Not only do I knock him out, I pick the round. I'm the boldest. I'm the prettiest. I'm the most superior, the most scientific, the most skillfulest fighter in the ring today. Muhammad Ali. He knew he had some greatness in him, uh, and he wasn't afraid to show it. He, was, he goes down in history probably as one of the greatest. And, and he was one of these guys who was just out there. He had he was this amazing quotes and things that you can discover in there. But Zig Ziglar says this, that you were designed for accomplishment, that you were engineered for success and endowed with steps of greatness. But, but I, I think the real issue for us today as we look at what do we want to be known for, bring it to 2020, what do you want to be known for in 2020? And, and, and it comes down to, I think, some of this kind of thinking here. Do, it's not about reaching the pinnacle of our careers. It, it's not about having more Instagram followers or, than your other friends or maybe your post going viral on Facebook. It, it's, not about, it's not about reaching the top and finding what you've lost, but... But I think it comes down to some of this kind of thinking right here is that what do you allow to define what is great and not? What do you allow to tell you what is greatness and what is not? Or, or more importantly, this, who do you allow to say what is great and what is not? See, greatness is not measured. It's not measured by money or stature. It is measured by courage and heart. Because greatness, get this, it begins beyond your comfort zone. The truth is that we live in, in a, our world today that is self-serving, that's got its own culture, and, and that, it, that it is very me-first mentality. And the world defines, defines greatness with four Ps, defines it as power, defines it as possessions, what you can get and what you can have, and prestige, being at the top of the ladder, and position. And, and it's quite an interesting like, thought as we think through all of this because, because how can we be great leaders? How can we build big businesses that, that influence our world? How can we be at the top of sport or education? Or how can we live our lives in education and political uh, things in our families with this thought of being great and what we want to be known for? Michael Jones was, was one of the greatest all blacks uh, that has 
ever lived as well. There's even a statue of him at Eden Park scoring that try at the Rugby World Cup, one of the first ones where he's reaching out. And he got a knighthood too because of, because of how good he was at playing, playing rugby for the All Blacks and for, the, for Auckland at, at that time. And, and, and Michael Jones was now Sir Michael Jones. And there was something very different about him. And the different thing about him was that he loved God with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind. And you might remember him because one of the things that he wouldn't do was play rugby on a Sunday. And as, as you can remember, he came into the World Cup and, and he was great. You can just imagine the pressure upon him. He was one of the greatest number sevens and uh, flankers that was ever, ever around. And, and he changed the game and his position. And, and it comes to the World Cup and into some of these big games. And he says, no, I'm not playing. And what a huge thing with all that bearing, all the pressure that he had. But, but Michael Jones, he, he discovered something. He discovered, I believe, the secret of greatness, what it was to be great. Uh, that, that he could, he, he knew one day that he could be one of the greatest rugby players that had ever, ever lived, but he could still have a servant heart. He could still use his gift to serve others. Because here's the thing, his gift, with his gift, Michael Jones, he served God first. And then that gift impacted other people around him. Come on, let's read in your notes this morning. Matthew chapter 20. What does the word of God say? There's an incredible story here. Matthew 20, verse, verse 20 to 28. It says this. It said, The wife of Zebedee approached Jesus with her sons, James and John. She knelt before him and asked him for a favor. He said to her, What is it that you want? She answered, Make the decree that my sons will rule with you in your kingdom, one sitting on your right hand and one sitting at your left. Jesus replied, you do not know what you are asking. Then looking in the eyes of, of James and John, Jesus said, are you prepared to drink from the cup of suffering that I'm about to drink? And are you able to endure the baptism into death that I'm about to endure? They answered him, yes, we are able. Well, you will indeed drink the cup of my suffering and be immersed into my death, Jesus told them. But to the ones who sit at the place of highest honor is not mine to decide. My father is the one who chooses them and prepares them. The other 10 disciples, they were listening to all of this that was happening and in a jealous anger arose among them against the two brothers. Jesus, he, he picked up and knowing their thoughts, he called to them to his side and said, kings and those with great authority in the world rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. What an amazing story. And, and Jesus kind of, he kind of comes out and he, 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 he tells them what true greatness is and, and how it's measured, what it looks like. He, he says, ruling oppressively over people like tyrants. Uh, he, he said, that's not how we roll. That's not how we roll at all. He, he measured greatness totally different in terms of service rather than status. 
It was service that he looked at, not status. He said, you will lead by a completely different way. And, and, and Jesus, I could kind of picture Jesus there. He's got all his disciples and they're pretty angry, pretty upset with these two right now. And, and Jesus is kind of saying, uh, see those guys over there? See how they're oppressing those people, ruling like that? Yeah, that's not what we do here. Yeah, we, you, you're not going to be like that. You've got a different calling. It's going to be different. Uh, see over there, see what's happening there, how, how they are pushing people down, uh, that enslaving them, and uh, that, that has been pretty nasty to them right now. See that there? Yeah, that's not what we do either. We have a different calling, and it's going to be a different way. If you want to be great, if you want to be great, there's a different way that it is going to happen this morning. See, true greatness True greatness, Jesus was saying. Those people there, it's not going to be like that. True greatness is going to be different. And the Bible teaches us just a few keys that I believe that can really help us. And to really, I really want to encourage you to take this message away this week. Don't, don't just forget about it at quarter past 11 when you walk out of here today. But take your notes and, and, and meditate on it. Think about it. Ask God, what are you trying to show me here this morning? Because I believe he wants to speak to you. We have to have ears to hear what we're saying. And, and, and if, to, to help you tomorrow when you get to work, I believe there's some real keys here. And firstly, the Bible teaches us this, that greatness has a focus to serve others. It has a focus to serve others. And now every parent here, uh, we, when you uh, bring your little baby home from the hospital and, and, and you come to feeding time, you have to put one of these things on called a bib because if you don't, food will go everywhere. Uh, you have to have a bib and you put the bib on and as, you, you serve, as a parent, you serve them, you feed them. And, and that bib is an amazing thing because it can save a lot of clothes and a lot of mess on, on clothes and everywhere around it. But, but as a parent, when your child gets to 25 or 35, you do not want them to be wearing a bib and you, that you are still serving them and feeding them, right? I hope there's no one here like that, wearing a bib. But, but here's the thing, yeah, your children as they move through life, as they grow up, they go from the bib stage and being served. And the dream of every parent, and you look for this occasion to happen, is you want them to move from the bib stage where they're being served to an, an apron stage where they are serving others. Move from the bib stage to the apron stage. Move from, from being served to serving. One of the greatest joys in my heart right now is when my children come home, they wash my dishes and they even cook dinner every now and again. It's like, glory to God, there is a God in heaven that loves me because my children come home. And, and they, have, they start serving, they start doing things, and they are loving this right now. Awesome. But, but that's the thing, as we, as we grow, grow up, as we grow up in our, our faith, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. There's something there in it and that I've, I've thought about lots this week. And in 1 Peter verse 4 and 10, it says, God has given each one of us a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And I've thought about what does that look like? 
What does that look like if in the workplace? What, what does that look like? Say, say right now, if you're maybe a, a manager or a CEO or a general manager, or you're, you've got people that work under you that are report to you, I, I don't think that just necessarily means that, that maybe once a month as the boss that you go and sweep the floors or clean the toilets. And I don't think that means if, if, if you're a, a worker in there and you're in a team and, and you're working as a part of a team or, or by yourself and, and, and you, you report to a manager or a boss, I don't think that means that, that every now and again, that once a month or a couple of times a year, that you get an opportunity to be in the HR department and hire and fire people. I think that that's an, that's an attitude in our heart of a servant that, that when we're serving our colleagues or our customers or our shareholders, that, that we have an attitude of serving them and not ourselves for the position. The two brothers were, were after Jesus. They were like, you know, you could just imagine them. They were, they were kind of nagging Jesus. They said, I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to be great. I want to do all this stuff. I want to have my name on a building. I want to have this. But Jesus is saying, you, 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 you're coming at it in the wrong attitude with the wrong heart. Could you imagine just being in front of Jesus if Jesus was saying, you've come to be served, but even I, Jesus, come to serve. I didn't expect anyone to serve me. And I, I just wonder how, how would our workplaces change this way, even our families and our homes, maybe even in our classrooms or our factories. That, that if we come with a, an attitude to serve others, now that doesn't mean to be a doormat and do all the jobs around the place that no one else wants to do. I believe it's that attitude of heart. I think for some of us we'll find a bit of a release in that thought. That, that coming to work today, coming to school today, coming to the office today with an attitude of heart to serve others with whatever he's placed in your heart. Being great, I believe, starts with that as serving others. The second thing, the Bible teaches us that, that greatness begins in your heart. Greatness begins in your heart. Jesus said to his disciples, the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. What does that look like? Google has a quiz for us that we can do right now, and we'll find out. What does the servant heart look like? Here we go. Here's the servant heart quiz, five questions that you can ask. Number one, do you make yourself available to serve? Number two, do you pay attention to someone else's needs? If you're sitting by your husband or wife right now, no, no, this, just keep, yeah, this is confidential, private. Number three, do you do the best with what you have? Doesn't say what you don't have. Do you do the best with what you have? Do you, number four, do you do every task with equal dedication? Whether you're the boss or whether you're the cleaner or whether you're in between, do you do the best in every single job, whether you want to do it or not, with equal dedication? That's the heart of a servant. Number five is do you maintain a low profile? Interesting thoughts there to, to think through about the heart of a servant. Philippians 2, 3, and 6. It says, don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Be humble. Thinking of, your, uh, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't just think about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and in what they are doing. 
Your attitude should be, should be the kind that was shown us by Jesus Christ, who though he was God, he did not demand and cling to his rights as God. So greatness, I believe greatness is for you and for me is, is this. It's a lot of small things done well every day. I think of greatness and I think of small things. That's the beginning. Who do you allow to say what is great? What do you allow in your life to say that is great? I want you to know today that the, the only person that shows us that is God, is Jesus Christ. It's found in the word of God. Because if we look at, if we look at the world, what the world says, power, position, prestige. I think we would probably all struggle to be great, but God says this. He says that when we come with the heart of a servant, when we come to serve others and whatever he's placed within our hands to do, you are great in his kingdom. You are great in his kingdom. The third thing is this. The Bible teaches us that greatness understands there is a cost. See, the Bible says that even Jesus, he said, Jesus said this, he didn't come expecting to be served by everyone, but he came to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. There was a, a cost for him to bear. And, and many versions, as I was looking into this particular scripture or the, that passage there, used the word ransom. That Jesus come, he, came, he gave his life as a ransom for many. And the word ransom means this. Ransom means to obtain the release of a captive by paying a ransom. So in the context of this verse or the scripture that Jesus gave his life as a ransom for many that they may be free and live. I'd like to suggest this morning that, that the heart of a servant to serve others has a cost. Uh, and I'd like to suggest that the, the service that you give, the time you give, the, the energy you give, the, the finance you give, the love you give, the part of your life you give helps other people like a ransom to find freedom. You pay a price with your time and with your giving and with everything you are. You pay a price that other people, that people might know freedom through Jesus Christ. Your serving has a cost to it, but greatness understands that cost because it's more about others than myself. Jeremy Rice, he said this, he says, today I will do what others won't, so tomorrow I can accomplish what others can't. Band, you could come up right now. Mother Teresa, we, we're all probably familiar with her. She was an incredible, incredible lady. And, and she devoted herself to serving the poor and the destitute, but not just the, not just the poor, but the really, really poor, the, the really destitute. And, and you're probably aware, and, and she served for many, many years in Calcutta and India. And, 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 and she was an incredible lady. In 1979, she, she got the Nobel Peace Prize, and, and, and she, she, she won that prize. And, and through, the, through the years after that, by 2013, Mother Teresa had, they, there was a charity that had started, and, 
And in 2013, there was over 700 emissions around the world through what Mother Teresa had started. 700 missions and, and orphanages and, and ministries and things that were like hospices where were people who were dying so they could die with dignity. That was at her heart. That the, the dying and the destitute, that, that they didn't have to die alone or that they could be cared for. And, and what an amazing legacy and greatness she has left behind. But where did she start? She come to serve others. She didn't do it for fame and fortune. and She come to serve others. But, but almost like when, when you think about that, if you've ever been to India, that, that wouldn't be an easy thing to do. Some of those places and, and some of the, the lack of care for people is, is just horrendous. And Mother Teresa, come that people may know his love. What an incredible lady. She said some amazing things. She said this. And I think these, these couple of statements are going to be helpful for, for people here. She said this, it is not how much we do, but how much love we put into the doing. It is not how much we give, but how much love we put into the giving. Not all of us can do great things, she said, but we can do small things with great love. I think Mother Teresa is just like her. I believe that. I believe a few things about you today. I may not know you, may not have had a chat to you, but I'm loving that you're here today. I believe that there's seeds of greatness within you. I believe that there's seeds of greatness inside each one. I believe today that, that God has engineered you to accomplish great things for Him. He's designed you. He's put a heart inside of you, uh, likes and dislikes. He's put skills and abilities inside you for greatness for Him. I believe it. I believe it's with inside of you. In 2020, I believe this for you too, that, that 2020 has some next steps for you to take. If you will take up the challenge and walk with Him, it, it will take you out of your comfort zone. But this is what he says, be bold, be courageous, for I am with you always. Be bold and be courageous. Right now over this place, come on, why don't you close your eyes right now. Father, Lord, I speak to this, the seeds of greatness in each one, Lord. Lord, the seeds of, of a heart of a servant, oh God. The seeds of serving others, oh God with whatever you've placed within our hands, Lord God, whether we're the prime minister or, or Father got a business owner or whether we work in a, in a factory or we're a cleaner, we're a teacher or a mechanic or whatever we are, oh God, Lord, today, I pray, oh God, that, Lord, you would touch our hearts, oh God. Lord, will you speak to us, Father, that, that tomorrow, that, Lord God, when we get up, when we go to work, we will serve our customers the best we can. We will serve our employers. Our, our, we will serve our families, our husbands, our wives, our children the best we can, oh God. Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray, will you open doors, Lord? Lord, for those that are feeling like they've been burnt from it, Lord God, Lord, right now that they've been challenged, just like you've served and served and served and, and the 
didn't work out, oh God, Father, I pray for, Lord, right now, would you heal hearts, Lord God? Lord, would you restore, Lord Jesus, that that maybe the work in our hearts right now, Father God, might be feeling like we've almost like been abused with it, Lord God. So Father, I pray, Lord, would you heal hearts, oh God. Lord, seeds of greatness, we call them forth today, Lord God. Seeds of greatness in the workplace, seeds of greatness in families, oh God. Seeds of greatness in your kingdom, Father God. Lord, begin to flourish, Father God, I pray. Lord, I pray for this harvest season for each life today, Father God. Lord Jesus, we call the the fruit and the harvest in the future forward in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here today and you would say, Daryl, I'm I'm far away from God. I'm, I'm not even close to Him right now. I want to tell you today that, that He loves you. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And there's one thing that separates us from Him and, and from His family, and that's a thing called, called sin. It's like it creates a, a divide from us and, and from, to Him. And, and, and it, it's like a big valley. But, but the thing is that Jesus came and He died on a cross for you and for me to pay a price, like a ransom to set you free. And he did that for each one because his love for you and for me here in 2019 is so, so great. And this morning, I want to invite you. If, if you say you're far away from God right now, I want to invite you to pray a, a simple prayer to, uh, just silently in your heart after me. And, and what you're saying, you're going to say yes to Jesus. I invite you to say, be bold. Take a step today. It will change your life. So pray this, pray. Dear God, I know that you love me. Today I choose you. Lord, forgive me for my sin. I thank you that you paid the price so I didn't have to. Lord, today I give my life to you. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen. And just while every eye is closed right now, I want to invite you to do one more thing. I'm not going to embarrass anybody or shame anybody. Or, I just want to, all I want you to do is like a face step saying, Daryl, so I can see. I just want you to, to raise your hand. I'm going to count to three. I want you to pop your hand up and put it straight back down. And you're saying, what you're saying is you're saying to God, God, count me in today. I'm saying yes to Jesus today. So if that's you, when I get to three, I want you to pop your hand up. One, two, three. Lift your hand right now. How many today? Hallelujah. Lift your hand high so I can see and pop it straight back down. We'd love to help you on this journey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your mighty name. Father, we praise you for your goodness and for your love and your mercy today. Lord, we give you glory that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Lord, we thank you for the greatness within this room today people to do great things for you, Lord God, great things in their families, in their businesses, in their cities, oh God. Today, Father, I pray, Lord, that, that Lord Jesus will take a piece away, Father God, that will transform our Mondays and the rest of our week, I pray. So Lord, we give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, church, can we give